Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Jason Lipschatz, Billboard's Senior Director of Music. Hello, Jason. How are you? Hello, Keith. I am well. Um, that is great. Did you have a nice weekend? <laughs> I had a great weekend. Uh, last of my birthday weekend. My birthday was last week. So. Oh, I missed your birthday. No, I'm still waiting for your present in the mail, but oh, soon enough. That karaoke machine is on its <laughs> way. Um, did you karaoke, by the way, at home? Uh, no, no. Oh, you can First, do that, though. Yeah, some, sometimes the pandemic, uh, you know, one of, one of the sacrifices is no karaoke parties. So, you know, karaoke it's a sacrifice casually. I have to make, yeah. Uh, well, um today a whale as always <laughs> the billboard pop shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and karaoke on billboards weekly charts in addition you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news fun chart stats and stories new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop today on the show we've got chart news about how harry styles scores his first number one on the billboard hot 100 songs chart with watermelon sugar and how Beyonce's The Lion King, The Gift album roars back into the top 10 on the Billboard 200 chart. Plus, uh, Keith, we've got our interview with Kirsten and Kevin of Pentatonix. Uh, we caught up with two-fifths of the super successful vocal group recently to have a really fun chat about their new EP at home and much more. So stay tuned for that in just a bit. But first, of course, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you never, ever miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. That is plural. Um, first, uh, let's do the chart chat. I'm just, I'm firing on all cylinders let's today. Do let's, do, let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard 200 albums chart, as Taylor Swift's Folklore stands at number one for a second week. Beyonce returns to the top 10 as her album, The Lion King, The Gift, re-enters straight in at number 10 with 27,000 equivalent album units earned in the United States in the week ending August 6th, of course, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. And that's up a big 1,462% compared to the previous week. Uh, It's the first time the set has been on the chart in nearly a year. And the rebound is thanks largely to sales and streams spurred on by the buzz generated from the July 31st debut of Beyonce's film Black is King on Disney+. So Black is King, which was written and directed by Beyonce, is inspired by the songs of The Lion King, The Gift. And really, the album is the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) as it was first released in July 2019 as a companion album to the film remake of The Lion King, in which, of course, Beyonce voiced the role of Nala. Uh, the album also, by the way, was um, reissued on the 31st with three bonus tracks. That also helps the cause as well. Uh, next, over on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart, there's some big movement in the top 10, as Billie Eilish debuts at number 7 with her new single, My Future, marking her third top 10 hit. Above that, Harry Styles scores his first number one on the Hot 100 as his single, Watermelon Sugar, surges from number seven to number one. Now, as the Hot 100 is comprised of airplay, sales, and streaming data, let's take a closer look 
at the song's gains in those respective areas. It climbs 3 to 2 on the all-format radio songs chart with an 8% gain in audience. It flies 9 to 1 on the digital song sales chart with a 614% gain to 63,000 copies sold. And it rises 29 to 18 on the streaming songs chart with a 1% gain to 14.2 million streams. There was a bevy of promotion last week that kicked into high gear in support of the single. I think uh, fans and probably Harry's label knew that this was their chance probably to get to the song to number one. Uh, uh, Harry released three physical singles in his web store. Each of them came with a digital download of the song and that counted towards his sales for the week. Uh, His single was sale price for 69 cents uh, at all major retailers. And there was even a couple new videos for the song that were released as well. Uh, one, I think, was like like a tour visual, which I think people thought would be like the visual that would have been behind him if he were on tour. Um, and there was, I think, I want to say like a behind-the-scenes video, too. There was clearly a whole heck of a lot of promotion around the song last week. Yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot going in because, yeah, as you said, this was kind of the time to strike while the iron is hot there's so much momentum behind the song um harry of course is the second member of one direction to land a number one on the hot 100 following zane with pillow talk back in 2016 so keith let's take a minute and and talk about how watermelon sugar became his first number one single Um, besides besides obviously the things that we just laid out in terms of the airplay streams and and sales obviously because that was the huge driver last week but it couldn't have got to number one without sort of becoming a hit in the first place is kind of what we're saying sorry jason i didn't mean to interrupt you no it's you know it's i I was looking it up this morning when this song actually came out Uh, harry styles debuted watermelon sugar on saturday night live on november 16th 2019 um, to, to give some perspective of what was going on, uh, it it was released the same weekend as the Charlie's Angels reboot. Um, that feels like a million years ago. You look at this as an airplay hit. First of all, Adore You, which peaked at number six on the Hot 100, still in the top 20, by the way. It seems to me, Keith, that, that Adore You really kind of opened uh, the door for Harry at pop radio in a yeah. real way. And following Adore You and its success, uh, which hit number two on the radio songs chart, like I said, number six on the Hot 100, Watermelon Sugar, which had been around a while, just started surging um, as the latest single from Fine Line. Um, Sugar debuted on the radio songs chart in mid-June and then has jumped all the way to number two this week. Um and then, yeah, as as you know, uh, this is the the third week in a row that both Watermelon Sugar and Adore You are in the top five at Radio Songs. Uh, and, it, you know, I, I think it's, so what it's, we're saying is I think what we're saying is, Jason, is that Harry Styles is incredibly popular on the radio this entire year, which is not entirely expected, but no, a pleasant surprise. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. These songs have been huge on pop radio. And I, I, I just anecdotally, I hear them all the time and i have for months especially adore you and now more so watermelon sugar anyway keith yeah yeah i've been writing a lot about song of the summer we talk about it a lot um and you know i think that's part of the reason why watermelon sugar has done so well is that the timing really worked out they they released the video in may and it's just become this big summer song um by the way it climbs 13 to 8 on the latest songs of the summer chart 
uh, it's making a last minute run for the crown. But I, I mean, the baby's rock star has been number one for seven weeks. So I, I, that seems unlikely to me. Seems unlikely, but yeah, it does, it does seem like, I mean, especially when you pair it with the video, which is, you know, very beachy and summery and it's breaking at just the right time too. It's just firing on all cylinders. It seems like. Yeah. And then meanwhile, you have this artist in the middle of this storm that is, you know, has like a, a total 100% approval rating just in terms of how adored he is, no pun intended. Um, he's obviously like has this hard to define cool factor. You know, he's basically been letting the music do the talking and, and now this is another huge accomplishment for him. Keith, do you think that Watermelon Sugar could be number one again next week? Like you, we mentioned that this was kind of the strike while the iron is hot week for it, jumping from number seven to number one. What what do you think about next week? Yeah, I feel like maybe not just because uh, maybe they noticed that there was a, a certain Cardi B single that came out last <laughs> Friday featuring Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, and they probably figured, ooh, that has a really good shot of probably debuting straight at number one. Um, by the way, Jason, what's your like 20 second hot take on the new uh, on the new Cardi single and video that dropped last Friday? Um. I think the video and is awesome. I think that the song, I wish the song, I, they sound incredible on it. And I, I want to, I almost want to hear more Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion um, collaborations just because they complement each other and their flows so well. I wish the, the song, and I, I think the song is fantastic in terms of how, you know, sexually explicit it is and how liberated it is. It's awesome. Um, I don't really love like the beat. I don't really love the, um, you know, the sample that I, 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 I won't mention here in, in terms of the, the refrain, I just don't think it works that well, but I, I, you know, I think that the kind of star power at play and the, the sexual politics at play just make it kind of irresistible. Yeah. Anyway, Keith, we, uh, we Segway. have to, uh, we, <laughs> Segway <laughs> we have to, to move, pentatonics. <laughs> yeah. We have to move to, um, probably, <laughs> probably, um a a group that will not be covering i'm waiting for the cover of cardi single from pentatonix <laughs> we cut up with two-fifths of the grammy winners and billboard 200 chart toppers in late july to chat about their new ep at home which includes covers of songs like billy eilish's when the party's over the weekend's blinding lights and dua lipa's break my heart we talked to them about what it's like recording music at home in quarantine how they've got a new album of original tunes already lined up and how there's likely a new christmas project on the way this year plus we try to sell them on a couple new ideas for some holiday albums stay tuned for the hilarity welcome back to the billboard pop shop podcast kirsten and kevin of pentatonics nice to see you both via zoom nice to see you how are you hello um first (laughs) off i i will will tell the people listening there's been about 15 minutes of us getting set up so i feel like we've already done the interview but now we're doing the real (laughs) we're doing the real real interview Um, first off how are you how are you both doing in quarantine kirsten how are you hanging in there right now i'm good um you know honestly it's bittersweet because 
Like, it's weird. I just, like, as I came in and we were all setting up, I was like, oh, but hi, Kevin. Because normally, you know, we've been a group for over nine years. And right. we tour so often that we've seen each other. I think the longest we've gone from seeing each other is maybe, like, six to eight weeks. And besides that, it's, like, constant, constant seeing each other. Um, so that's been crazy. But it has been really wonderful to spend time at home. Um you know, when I got this house and we, we still were constantly touring. And so I never really got to spend time really making it my own. So I've, that's kind of what I've been doing in quarantine is, um, like fixing up my studio, this room actually that I'm in that you guys are talking about it. It was just like a, like a storage room just with boxes filled with just like a junk room basically. So I finally built out my studio. I have a little art section. I have like a little white wall for auditions and it's just been really great to, um, put a lot of time into your house and to, you know, family and friends that you don't really get the chance to talk to a lot. How, how are you doing, Kevin? How, how are things going in, in uh, your neck of the woods? You know, I have to say, I think similar to Kirsty, it's it's bittersweet because I, we're so used to being on the road and seeing each other all the time. I mean, we really are family, um, but it has been nice to be home. I, I'll say this. The first couple of months were a bit difficult for me because I'm so used to us being on the go, on the go, on the go. Next thing, next record, next you know, next tour. So to slow down like this, I, after doing this for nine years, I was just not used to it. But my wife was like, Kevin, you get to spend all the time with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Cause yeah, we got married in um, September of last year. So it was really nice to solidify so many parts of our relationship and talk about things. And it, th that's been really nice. And kind of like Kirsty said, like to be home and like work on personal projects and, um, I think it's been therapeutic. It's been rewarding in a lot of ways, of course. And so I'm thankful for all of that. Oh. That's awesome to hear. I mean, how, when was the last time the five of you uh, in the group, including obviously you two, Matt, Mitch, Scott, uh, when was the last time you guys all saw each other in person? I think it was the last day of tour. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. When, when was that? That was, or like maybe, maybe leading, leading right up until, I mean, I, I saw Scott, like leading right up to um, when we were going to go and tour for Europe and then it got canceled. Um, right. But that was like March, like beginning of March, late February. So it's been a long time. But we've wow. seen yeah. each other on Zoom. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We've done a lot of like Zoom quarantine hangouts together. Like Kirstie and I just did one maybe like a few weeks ago. The whole band's done one where we do like games, like Scattergories and Jackbox TV. So that's been super fun. Yeah. Wow. Little game has there been Has there been any singing over Zoom? Any like Zoom harmonizing? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, there hasn't. <laughs> no, that would that would be very hard on all of our ears because just just because of the internet, it's it's not. That's the work. next. Just that's the next level for you guys to conquer, though. Is that that's the next album? Pentatonics over Zoom and on Zoom. Yeah, well, we were talking about too. Like, how can we be doing like concerts or how can we be putting out music and covers and stuff? And it's hard, you know, because we're overlaying it and having to be on the same time together. So I think a Zoom concert's kind of like near impossible for us just with the lag and with certain situations in case things went bad it could sound like really really bad um but i miss it i miss um i miss everyone <laughs> so you guys you guys have a new uh ep so speaking of of you know recording separately how, how did this ep come together in terms of you know being apart or, or was it finished before the pandemic kind of split up everybody 
No, I mean, we did the bulk of the recording at our own homes. And that's kind wow. of what brought up the concept. We said, you know what? We still want to bring some joy during a during a, a tumultuous time like this. So let's go back to our roots. Let's do some covers that we're excited about, songs that we're, we're interested in. So that's kind of when we started to listen to songs and but, and and the cool thing is that the the label gave us a recording budget so each of us could have a recording studio at our house so a lot of sort of learning how to use pro tools and 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 logic and going on youtube and stuff and so oh, well, there's that, that part the really actual cool. learning how to do it that's yeah. the hard part right christy remember you like texted me or called me like hey uh how how does this work uh, well, because Kevin, Kevin travels with a little mini studio to when um, on tour. So if he ever has ideas for songs or covers, he gets he um, works on them on the road. And so I knew Kevin would have the best kind of uh, mind for helping me in the beginning. I was like, Kevin, I have this, this, and this. What chords am I missing? What do I need? What am I doing? Right. What like what is happening? But um, it was it was really rewarding. I think we had just maybe recorded one song before all the quarantine stuff happened, um, mm -hmm. how we normally did. I think just maybe one. And then the rest of them were done individually at our homes. But it was really cool because you were it wasn't like there was a vocal producer in the room to tell you exactly how to do it. You had to listen to yourself and track yourself and make sure that you were do you were sounding how you wanted to sound. So you were in charge. Like, I don't know. There's, there's a sense of pride that goes with that because more pride into your work because you are the one that has to make sure that it um, is of the quality you want it to be. So it's wow. actually yeah. been, it's, it's been equally frustrating <laughs> to just, you know, get it working, but it's also been equally as rewarding. How, how often do you guys hear from, the artists that that you're covering how often do you hear from them do you expect to hear from that like, i'm just curious as to like what kind of feedback you get on on your takes on the songs Kevin just heard some right and i feel like in the beginning of our career like when youtube was first a huge thing we heard more from the artists because uh it was such a new platform to be creating music and covers but kevin just heard heard from uh billy eilish's team no or oh yeah 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 no so one of my friends works for phineas yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this guy played for phineas uh the music and he said oh my gosh um he sent and then he showed it to billy and she she loved it so that which was super nice so yeah we'll hear it sometimes uh like pharrell so you have the billy and... so you have the you have the billy eilish stamp of approval on your covers that's awesome saying. that's amazing that's cool. Cool. i know that's i'm geeking Very i cool. love her and i mean i love him her and phineas i think they're the best duo ever <laughs> I'm curious, is it complicated to get permission to to cover the songs that you want to cover? I mean, obviously, like, it's a it's a question that um, a bunch of different artists and different entities that that um, often cover songs get asked. But have you had instances where you really wanted to cover something and you just couldn't get it worked out because of the permissions and whatnot? if one specifically comes to mind where it derailed like our entire oh i have one i have one no we we i mean i'll say the name it's fine i, I don't think it's a big deal um uh, we did a uh performance of ride by 21 pilots and so that one was one we were really excited about but then uh they said we don't uh we can't really clear this one for you so we we're mm. like oh that's sad oh but yeah that we couldn't really, clear really it for, for tv or something right oh we couldn't yeah. release. you're right you're right we couldn't release the cover that we did so yeah. we we're like oh that's sad oh, yeah. so it definitely happens and then definitely for tv performances I, oh that's I'll a whole nother that's a whole that's, other ballpark that's super complicated 
Exactly. That like that's caused some really stressful situations for us. Like we were doing um, Ellen and we were going to do this big Beyonce medley that we had just arranged. But then they said they couldn't clear some of the songs. So the day before and I mean the day before we're supposed to perform on Ellen, we had to start taking out songs and rearranging it. And it was super stressful. I remember the day that we actually got on Ellen set and had to practice it like we kept messing up because we were like, we have just learned this. So it was. (laughs) It's caused some stressful situations. Wow. Wow. Um, and, and people listening know it's it's no slight against Beyonce and her team. It's just no, it's no, no, because no. It's all the songwriters and publishers that are involved that, you know, the way this works now, there's like a whole team of people that write songs and have that own the publishing that have to give clearance. And so it's nothing right. personal. It's hard, oh, yeah. No, nothing personal. Twisted. It's just Not hard to track all. everyone down, which I get completely. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm I'm curious what what's coming up for you guys because obviously everybody's kind of navigating this situation still but what what are you guys thinking in terms of an upcoming album is what is this EP kind of leading to in terms of more covers more originals I'm I'm curious what you guys are focused on next well, uh, well. we've actually been working <laughs> but actually before uh, quarantine started we actually had finished. Um, original songs uh, that we're excited about, we're proud about, and uh, we're excited Yay. to start thinking about how we start to release those those songs into into the world. So it's... Uh, you're starting to think about how you're going to release those songs. So we'll, we don't know what form they might be in. Hmm. Yeah, we uh, you know they could be on a pigeon. Who knows? Wow. Come to you. Obviously, we've always been on the road and touring. And so if you come out with an album and then we have all these tours lined up, you're able to to tour that music to promote that music and since covid we don't have that ability anymore so it's about creating a different marketing plan because uh these originals we're really really proud of them and we've only had one original album in the past but even from there you know we were like little babies and we were so nervous going into every single writing session and i really do feel like now as people and as what we've as, as what we've come through and been through as a group and um, just how we've grown just in these last nine years, it's all really uh, coming to life and being shown in this original album. So we're trying to just like package it in the best way it can be for times like this. And we're like ready to release it. Like we've been wanting it to come yes. out for forever, forever, forever. But obviously we wanted to, um, to have a good enough backing and to have, you know, the proper thought and planning behind it. So um, that's the delay, everyone. We're, we know we're always like teasing it. Like everyone's like, okay, hello. That sounds awesome. That's super exciting. Any day now, we're going to get this puppy out. Yeah. Soon. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I just, well, really quickly, I just wanted to ask about, look, I know it's July. I'm in New Jersey. It's very hot here. I, it's like 93 degrees. We're not that far away. I, I already got a uh, press release about... Carrie Underwood's releasing a Christmas album this year. That's very exciting. Obviously, you guys are are partially known for your very successful holiday music. Is there is there more plans to put anything out this year? Is that something you guys have already like? How early do you have to start talking about that if you want to release something for the? I mean, honestly, now <laughs> it's very yeah. it's very Christmas in July, <laughs> and in the past, it's always been dependent on like when we can do it in between touring you know, and now we have more availability. So we're talking and we're finishing up the conversations on original music, um, which we're hoping to get some of that out before anything Christmas related, but we definitely will do a Christmas album this year. I feel like, especially this year, you know, that, that love and that joy and that sense of bringing everyone together is really needed. Um, and so I feel like our Christmas album can be really special this year. So 
We've done so many. I think we weren't really expecting to do maybe a giant one, but I think I'm looking forward to what we can do to kind of uh, continue to bring people together how we have in the past. I mean, really, have you done that many? I mean, there's like, what, eight, nine? I mean, really, is that oh, that like, many? <laughs> everyone's like, are, were you, are there any more Christmas songs? I'm exactly. Like, we will find one. <laughs> Waiting for the Halloween album, the Thanksgiving album. Well, yeah, I, listen, I was going <laughs> to... I'm a, here for as, the Halloween album. <laughs> as a, uh, a Jewish male... Hanukkah album. Let's go. Let's change it up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's I go. Know. Let's do it. I know. That's Hanukkah to me. Hanukkah to me. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm we got to so do down. some Feliz Navidad. Yeah, let's <laughs> do oh, it. Oh, let's go. In perfectly in harmony cover of Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. Yes. There we go. Just a, just a complete five part. Just a total homophonic <laughs> yes. Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. Um, no, this has been awesome. I'm glad you guys are doing well. Um, and uh, it's good to check in with you guys, especially during a, a pretty crazy year. But I'm glad you guys are staying busy and, and staying safe. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you Thank guys you are so safe much. too. And thanks for having us. Call me friend, but keep me closer. Call me back. And I'll call you when the party's over. Thanks again to Kirsten and Kevin of Pentatonix. And again, check out At Home, their new EP. And I uh, can't wait to see what they do before the holidays, Keith. And now, here's an act that Pentatonix I don't think has covered either. It's time for the chart side of the week. Thirty-five years ago this week, Brian Adams topped the Billboard 200 Albums chart with "Reckless." The uh, set drove from number two to number one on the chart, dated August 10th, 1985. The album would spend two weeks at number one. Now, the the project was a hits-filled monster. It debuted on the Billboard 200, dated November 24th, 1984, reached the top 20 two weeks later, and then proceeded to stay locked in the top 20 for every single week all the way through mid-January of 1986. The album was so popular, it would finish 1985 as the number two biggest album of the year on the Billboard 200, behind only Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. The 10-song Reckless album would spin off six singles, and all of them would hit the top 15 on the Hot 100, including the top 10 hits Run To You, which you heard open the chart side of the week, Summer of 69, and the power ballad Heaven, which marked Adam's first number one. Fun fact, Jason, Heaven, which was written for the drama film A Night in Heaven, about, of course, a college professor who has an affair with a male stripper who also happens to be her student, sure, was Adam's first of four number ones on the Hot 100, and all four of them were songs from films. So Adams later topped the Hot 100 with Everything I Do, I Do It For You from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, All For Love alongside Sting and Rod Stewart from the movie The Three Musketeers, and Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman from Don Juan DeMarco. So there you have it. This week in 1985, Brian Adams at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with Reckless. Jason, you ever seen that hit film, A Night in Heaven? Absolutely not, and I probably never will. You're not really missing that much, yeah. but I have seen it, of course. Is it any good? Um, I, well, I, I, good's <laughs> a relative term. 
I mean, Christopher Atkins plays a a stripper, and Leslie Ann Warren is the professor. I mean, ah, she's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 chestnut. Anyway, um, what song should we go out on? Um, let's go out on "Story of My Life" by One Direction. Uh, congrats again to Harry Styles on number one on the Hot 100. See you guys next week. Bye. The story of-